I'm Dr. Chris Meyer. This is the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. Every week, I'm going to add to your knowledge base about human interaction. We'll look at motivation, we'll look at emotion, and we'll look at decision-making, all within the context of negotiations. This is going to improve your life both organizationally and outside of the organization. Let's go. Welcome to the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about human interaction, we talk about things that are important, when we're interacting with others, and we talk about how to do that in a way that produces the best outcomes. On this episode, I'm going to talk about justice. And I'm going to talk about justice in the sense of not just justice, um, as we sometimes think about it in an organizational sense, which would be looking at the outcomes in comparison with inputs, but I want to talk about justice in a social justice kind of perspective. I want to talk about justice that is broader. Um, And when I say justice, a lot of people are going to immediately go to the George Floyd situation, which is good. I want to talk about that. I'm going to talk about justice in a little bit different manner because I think justice needs to be viewed from uh, a very holistic viewpoint. And when we think about what we mean by justice, I'm not talking about there was an action, now we have to give an equal reaction. I'm going to talk more about the human aspect of justice. So let me start with some organizational and some negotiation uh, ideas about justice, and then we'll move into that social justice um, human aspect as we go forward, because they're very important together, they're correlated, um, and we have research that supports ideas for both of those. Most of the time when we think about organizational justice or justice within the organization that we're working with, working for, we think about the impact of our inputs and how that impacts our outcomes. So if I work overtime, my expectation is that I'll be paid more than the typical amount. If I bring in more sales than someone else, the expectation is that I will be rewarded for that. If I do negative things in the organization, the expectation is that I will receive less, either compensation, less perks, um, less outcome than those that are bringing more into the organization. That's kind of the typical idea of justice. Um, We call that distributive justice. So my inputs should match with my outcomes. And if we think about that from a negotiation standpoint, we think about what we're bringing into the interaction And we typically want to see that if I'm bringing a lot of value into the interaction, I want to receive a lot of value back out of the interaction. That's an important thing to think about. But here's what we know from research. All of that is well and good. We we do look at those things. We make decisions based on those things. But the more important factor for individuals in an organization, outside of an organization, the more determinative factor is whether or not I've been treated with dignity and respect. 
I can get the greatest outcome. I can receive benefits beyond what I bring into the interaction. But if you don't treat me with dignity and respect, I still see that as a negative outcome. That's a critical thing to think about. This is, there's been a lot of research done. This is one of the topics that I focused my dissertation on as well. Even when people get the greatest outcomes, if they feel like they've been treated in a manner that is disrespectful, if they feel like dignity and respect is not in the interaction, even when they get the great outcome, they're still unsatisfied. One of the greatest predictors of violence in the workplace is the violation of dignity and respect. We need to be aware of this. We need to understand the weight that dignity and respect carries in all of our interactions. Every interaction that we have is dependent on that dignity and respect. We can get through without dignity and respect, but it has an impact on the relationship. And we've talked about how important that relationship is in other episodes of this podcast. It has an impact on how we feel about the outcome. Even when we get a great outcome, if we're not treated with dignity and respect, we see it as a negative outcome. It has an impact on whether or not we'll do business again. It has an impact on other negative behaviors in the workplace. Dignity and respect is key. It's a very important aspect. So there's a lot of call for justice right now. It's understandable. It needs to be addressed. We can't just post on social media anymore. We can't just say things anymore. Something needs to be done. Sometimes justice looks like fashioning a whip out of cords and turning over tables. Sometimes justice looks like putting your arm around the undesirable people in your community, the lepers, as it were. And what I'm saying is, this is an opportunity to really live out justice. Everyone on the planet is an individual. Everyone on the planet has differences. We resolve those differences with the people that we want to resolve those differences with. I live in a house with other people. Those other people are different from me. Now, the differences aren't as great as some differences, but they're different. My wife and I, we're different people. But we've decided to resolve those differences because we want to live together in peace and harmony. So we treat each other with dignity and respect in those differences. My children are different than I am but we treat each other with dignity and respect in those differences. Much of the discrimination that takes place, much of the discrimination that we see as racism is based on the easy factors of differentiation. If I look at someone and they look different from me, then I can treat them differently. This is due to some innate ideas that are built into our brains from culture, from upbringing, but it doesn't have to be the default. A choice can be made here. There's a theory out there called fault lines that says people are going to separate into groups 
based on the easiest differences that they can see, and those groups are going to be loosely held together. There's another idea that takes that deeper that says, if we separate based on values, then those groups can stick together. Those groups can do more. Those groups can be meaningful. So if we have a value that says dignity and respect, we're able to achieve more as a group. And it doesn't matter what your skin color is, what your ethnic background is, where you were born, your socioeconomic status. If the value is dignity and respect, we can achieve more together. This goes for business. This goes for life in the world. This goes for communication in your family. We need to adopt this idea of the importance of other people. Different views are fine. Because someone has a different view doesn't mean that you have to change your view. But it does mean that you need to respect that view. We need to allow for differences. Everyone can't be the same. We need to be willing to take the steps that it's going to take to get deeper, to take the steps that it's going to take to understand some of the differences in our organizations, in our communities, in our world. It is not the easiest thing to do, but it does need to be modeled. Leaders need to model this. We can't call out people's differences and use them as leverage against them. We can't call out people's differences and make them into a weakness. We're all weak in some ways. We're all strong in some ways. It's those differences that allow our society to excel. We need to embrace those. We need to adopt this idea of holding those differences as okay. The reason a lot of times that we are not okay with the differences is because we don't understand. So I want you to think about what makes you fearful. When you think about differences in whether it's ethnic background or socioeconomic status or educational background or different neighborhoods, whatever it is that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, address that. Get to the root of that. Why is it that someone from this neighborhood makes me nervous? Why is it that I'm fearful about different ethnic background? We have to embrace those individuals. And here are three steps that I want you to think about. Three things that I want you to think about doing when you are confronted with a choice about how to treat somebody, confronted with that opportunity of dignity and respect or not valuing somebody. The first thing that I want you to think about is listening. People are different. People have different backgrounds. You can't learn about somebody until you listen to their story. Everyone's story has value. Everyone's story brings something to the table whether it's a great story of middle-class upbringing, whether it's a great story of ethnic roots and history, 
I think that there's value in everyone's story. There's value in whatever the background is. As boring as it gets or as exciting as it gets, there's some value there and we need to embrace that. And then take the opportunity to learn from the story that you listen to. What can this story teach you about yourself? What can this story teach you about the other person sitting across the table from you? What can this story teach you about others that are different from you? We all know our own stories. We've all learned our own lessons. But how can we take the lessons that others have learned and add to our own rich background, add to our own rich relationship with that person? That's the learn stage. So we need to listen to the story and then learn about that person. Learn about that particular group that that person is a member of. We don't want to ignore those groups. We don't want to ignore differences. If, if we say to people, well, I don't see the color of skin, that invalidates them. I do. And I know that your background is different than mine. And that doesn't make it less. It doesn't make it frightening. It just makes it different. And so I want to embrace that and I want to learn about that. Don't invalidate that. The last thing that I want you to think about is how can I love this person? And you can think out there that this sounds cheesy, but it, it's, it's not. We need to learn how to love the people that we are involved with. We need to learn about bringing love into our relationship. And love means you can be different. We can have different ideas. We can have different backgrounds. We can have different goals. We can have different upbringings. We can have different socioeconomic status. But I still value you. I hold you in dignity and respect. I love you. That's, if we bring that to our interactions, instead of, I'm afraid of you. Instead of, I don't like you because you're different. Instead of, I don't want to be around you. If we bring love into the equation, it'll change the interaction. Earlier I said sometimes we need to fashion a whip out of cords. Sometimes we need to hug the leper. Obviously it's a reference to ways that Jesus acted in the Bible. We know that. We have that information. So we know that there was a time when Jesus felt that action needed to happen. And he turned over the tables in the temple because people were not showing love the way that they needed to. They were taking advantage of others. So he drove them out. And that was an act of love. He also was kind and gentle to people that no one would talk to. To the Samaritan woman at the well, to lepers, to outcasts, to the tax collectors, the, peop the people that were hated in Jesus' day. Jesus embraced them. That's the kind of love we need to show in this world today. 
That's the way that change happens. It doesn't happen unless action is taken. You need to be an active participant in the way that you treat people, an active participant in giving people dignity and respect, an active participant in treating your customers, treating your suppliers, treating your boss, treating your employees with dignity and respect. Treating people in that manner changes the interaction. It changes the relationship. It is a necessity. It is not an option anymore. We're living in a world that is not peaceful. And the only way to bring that peace, the only way to change what's going on is to change our daily interactions and integrate dignity and respect and love people the way that we want them to love us. Thanks for listening to the Negotiation Innovation Podcast. I would appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that I can reach a wider audience. You can find more information about these ideas on my website at meyernegotiation.com. Thanks. See you next time.